everyone on this wonderful sunny August summer's day <laughs> and um, a big welcome to Christchurch if uh, you're visiting us we don't have children's groups or teenagers groups through August but I believe Murray has very kindly produced some um, colouring sheets and things at the back of the church uh, if old or young, would like to avail themselves of them. <laughs> yeah, John, feel free. <laughs> but you will have to come up at the end of the service and show us what you've done. <laughs> I don't think there are any other notices. Nobody's got a notice, no. Okay, we'll start with an opening couple of songs um, which James has chosen. Uh, firstly, meekness and majesty, and then there is a redeemer. So if you'd like to stand, if you're able, and we'll um, join in worship together.
seated. And we'll move into a time of confession. This is based on Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. There'll be short times of silence as we move through the words. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. With these words, I am saying that God provides me with everything I need. But do I really believe that? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. If God is restoring my soul, why at times do I feel so tired, so exhausted, so run thin, so overwhelmed? He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Am I really living my life on the right path in every aspect of my life? Would I be comfortable and even proud to have God along with me everywhere I go? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Then why am I looking elsewhere for comfort and protection? Why do I have so many fears? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I wonder what my life would look like if I really did trust God. I wonder how I would view others, including my enemies, if I really believed God to be beside me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Am I confident that God goes with me? Am I confident that I will live with God forever?
The words are sure and true. The Lord is our shepherd and provides for us everything we need. Know that God is with you now, forgiving you, rejoicing to be in your presence and willing to transform you by the power of the Holy Spirit into true and full disciples of his son Jesus, the crucified and resurrected one. Amen. Shall we have our readings now? And I'm hoping somebody's... Yes, Libby. (laughs) There are two readings this morning. The first one is Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. 1 to 14, and it's on page 1173 in the Bible. <clears throat> Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God the Father, God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And so you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And then we go to Psalm 139, and it's on page 138. And we're reading verses 1 to 12. 
You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And both these scriptures are the word of God. Thanks be to God. James is going to come up and bring us the sermon he's prepared. Shall we pray for him as he makes his way up? So, Father, we thank you for James and the wisdom and understanding of your word that he brings. Lord, we pray that you will anoint his words and they will speak into our hearts, that we might be changed to become more like the people you would have us be. So bless James, Lord, as he comes and speaks now. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, uh, when, when Peter asked me to preach, he, he kind of gave me a free reign, basically. He said, preach on anything you, you'd like to, um, which, you know, sounds a marvellous offer, except you've got rather a kind of big scope of things to choose from. And then it was Sue who suddenly reminded me um, that in our sermon series on Ephesians, I, I, we started with Ephesians chapter 2, not chapter 1. So I thought, wow, here's the opportunity uh, to, to look at Ephesians chapter 1, which is what we're going to look at uh, this morning. Um, so the title I've given is kind of God's rich blessings, or a kind of wow chapter in, in God's word. And if you could have the next slide, please, Ian, that would be... Um, I'm sure everyone in this room has had a wow moment about something. Uh, <clears throat> you might have kind of been to a, f a fantastic um, part of God's creation and just stood in front of a mountain or a valley or a field, in, in the case of the languages, um, and, and said, wow, this is amazing. Um, I've had plenty of kind of wow moments, and, and one of the ones that kind of came to mind was when I first saw a real... Fabergé egg. This is a, an egg created for the Tsars of Russia, beginning of the 20th century. 
um, every year by the jewellers Fabergé and, and there are lots of them still in existence, they survived the revolution and when I went to this museum in Moscow I just stood in front of this egg or these eggs for ages just looking at them in all their intricate detail. It, it was, I stood there for so long the security guards I think got slightly worried that I might be casing the joint um, to, to walk off with some. Um, but it was amazing to see them. And the next one, please. Um, and <laughs> don't, don't worry. I, I think for, for Christians, and, and for, for me, when I read Ephesians chapter 1 again, it's a kind of one of these wow chapters in, in the Bible. Um, you know, you read it and, and you think, wow, how, how much Paul has kind of put into this chapter in terms of and into the whole book in terms of practical application in terms of theology in terms of our relationship uh, and with Jesus um, and and there's just so much in it and and I, I wonder whether you've got a kind of wow chapter in the bible a chapter that on desert island discs you're at, you're given a copy of Shakespeare aren't you and a copy of the bible on on your island but if you just were given the opportunity to take one book from the Bible or one chapter from one book, which one would you take? Um, and, and for me, it, it might be this first chapter of Ephesians. And, and Ephesians as a letter, by the way, is, is one that, that lots of theologians um, say is, is kind of the book of the Bible that's packed full of, of wisdom and truth and application. So I'm not the only one to be, have a kind of wow moment with this. Wow moments, of course, can't be always, or can't always be repeated, can they? I might go back and see that Fabergé egg and, and, and maybe not be so impressed with it. But hopefully, um, when we look at chapters of the Bible, especially this one, every time we read it, that kind of wow factor grows on us because there's more and more and more in it. Um, and, and Paul was obviously himself carried away um, when I was reading um, uh, commentaries, uh, there's this really good commentary by John Stott. Um, for those of you who want to go into it in more detail, um, copies are available in a very good Christian bookshop in, in Shrewsbury. Uh, <clears throat> but this first chapter, at least certainly the first 14 verses, all one sentence in, in the Greek, as if Paul was just carried away with his thinking and his wonderment at the blessings that God has bestowed on us. So I'm going to look mainly at verses 3 to 14, um, which, uh, thank you Libby for, for, for reading those. Uh, and I'm not going to focus on the blessings in detail. You can read about those and meditate on them and maybe kind of look in other books to help you through those. But I'm going to focus on our reaction to them. Um, and the first point to make is that God has blessed me so fantastically. Um, if you look in, in verse 3, praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. And, and there are you know, so many in this book, so many in this first chapter. It's not as if God has said, well I've got all these spiritual blessings but I'm going to give you just some of them. Um, every spiritual blessing has been kind of given to us. Um, for example, some of them, we are holy and blameless in his sight, in, in verse 4. Um, God does not see our sins. 
um, you know, as, as kind of humans, as it were, as people, we see the sins of ourselves, we see the sins of others all too easily. Um, but God does not see our sins once we have confessed them and, and come to him. Um, he has redeemed us in, in verse 7. <clears throat> um, we've been bought at a price. Our sins have been taken to the cross by the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we have been kind of bought back um, by God through his blood. That's what redeemed means. Our sins also, in verse 7, have been forgiven. So we can come to God. We can come to God through Christ, knowing about that forgiveness, that God does not see our sin. He's wiped that slate clean. And it's not just these blessings for now, but it's blessings for the future. We have that inheritance in verse 18, um, which, which we, we didn't read. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the richness of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So we have that future uh, to look forward to as well um, as part of those blessings. And we need to reflect on that. Do we take these blessings for, for granted? Do we think through them? Do we have that wonder of how much God has blessed us? And then secondly, um, all these blessings have been lavished on us. I love that word lavished. It's, it's, um, it reminds me of kind of Ina Blyton stories where, where when the famous five go and have a, a meal somewhere, they have lashings of ginger beer and you can imagine all these piles of sandwiches and things. Um, and, and older folk might remember Ina Blyton books here and, and I think they're being repeated as well on television. So even if there are younger folk here as well, might be a, a kind of picture. An embarrassment of riches. You know, God hasn't said, well, we're going to bless them, but just a little bit. Um, they're lavish, they're lavish, they're poured out uh, upon, upon, upon us. I always remember my first visit to Poland, um, and uh, a group of geography teachers were invited to a, a Polish farmer's farmhouse. He and his wife gave, gave us some, uh, a, a meal, and it was an embarrassment of food in front of us. Um, you know, all the Polish food that we could imagine, it was kind of that lavishness of, of their hospitality, which kind of struck me. And, 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 and God has poured out these blessings. He's lavished the blessings on us. Um, and, and we just need to kind of, kind of reflect on that. God is holding nothing back at, at all. And this lavishing is, is kind of freely given. It's grace that's freely given. No conditions. You know, when we give things to people, um, we, we sometimes kind of set conditions. We expect something in, in return, don't we? Um, or we kind of limit that lavishing. We appear generous, but, but, but maybe we aren't. But with, with God, that lavishing just covers us. Um, uh, he does obviously expect obedience in return. He expects us to love him and serve him. But that's not a condition of his lavishing. And then thirdly, um, these blessings are given to us even though uh, God knows us intimately. That's why I wanted Libby to read um, Psalm 139. God knows us. God knows our imperfections. God knows our sin. God knows our fickleness. God knows our lack of obedience. And yet he still blesses us. And he still kind of lavishes us with these blessings. Um, and he lavishes us with, with his pleasure. 
and his will. I think it's in verse 4. Um, you know, praise be to the, sorry, verse 3, praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Um, he knows us. Uh, <coughs> he knows us in a way that not even the closest relative knows us. He knows our goings out and our goings in. He knows every thought that's passed through our mind, even this morning um, before we came to church. And yet, with all wisdom and understanding, he still blesses us. It's not an accident that God blesses us. It's part of his purposes. Then the fourth point. Um, we've been blessed in heaven. He chose us. Um, now, I'm not, I'm not going to kind of go into the whole concept of, of God choosing us and predestination in, in detail. You can, you can have a look in the book about that. Um, but it's amazing, isn't it, when we think about it, that he chose us before the creation of the world. I, I was going to start my sermon with a kind of, uh, what I think is a kind of trick question, which is kind of, what did God do before he created the world? Um, or what did God do first? Uh, and, and I was hoping you might fall into that trap and say he created the world. And I'd say, aha, no, he didn't. He chose us before the creation of the world. You know, when he existed, when this world did not exist, he chose us to be his people before the world began. At least that's my understanding of this section. And, and you know, that's just an awesome thought when we sit back. That if we're believers, if we love the Lord Jesus Christ and know that we're forgiven, we were chosen before the creation of the world. Sometimes I think we don't think enough about the power of God. Um, you know, about 20 billion people have lived on this planet since the creation of the world. Um, I'm not sure where that statistic comes from. Um, but God knew all of those 20 billion. 20 billion people, and he knows me. But he still chose me before the world began. Now, as, as I said, I don't want to get into a debate about predestination, because obviously um, that's a, a whole theology and a whole concept that's that's quite complex and, and sometimes quite controversial. Uh, but I think it's important that we realize God did choose us. We have a role, we have free will. We still have to kind of make that decision. But that decision is determined by him, uh, God, selecting us. It's a very mysterious doctrine how we can have that free will, but also God choosing us. And it's something that's possibly outside our understanding. Um, and, and that's something that sometimes worries people. It doesn't worry me. Um, because, you know, God is supreme. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows things that we don't know. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fairly bright person, I like to think. Um, fairly intelligent. Um, but when I read my son James's physics thesis, I didn't understand a word. I, I understood the fact it was written by him because his name was on the front cover. But the rest of it... Um, was, was kind of mathematical formula about something. I tried not to be jealous because his thesis is only about 50 pages, whereas mine had to be 300, but there we are. Um, but there are things we don't understand, even though we know God. And I think this concept of being chosen by him, which is a huge privilege, um, is, uh, is something that we have to, to kind of understand is true and understand is, is important, it's mysterious. But God chose me. 
then we're also part of God's plan. Um, point number five, we're blessed because we're part of God's plan. God chose us um, for a purpose. We're, we're not here by accident, and the things we do are, are not accidental. Um, I think we're told in verse five, uh, in love he predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. We are part of God's plan in kind of achieving the grace he wants to see in the world. And that's a huge honor, isn't it? I, I, I don't know how many of you in this room have ever been invited to something by somebody who in the world is more important than, than you. Um, have you been invited? I don't think anybody here was invited to the royal wedding. But, but I don't know that, that kind of feeling that comes upon you when you know that somebody who's kind of more important than you has, has kind of, in the world's eyes, has looked at you and said, hey, um, come to this meal, um, come to this event. Um, it's happened to me a number of times. Once was a long time ago, and, and I, I'm, I'm not sure I think it was that important now. But um, our MP, Daniel Kaczynski, uh, when he first became an MP, actually knocked on my door in Cedar Close. And he kind of came to Cedar Close, knocked on the door and said, you know, can I speak to Dr. Heinsohn, please? I thought, wow, you know, our, our local MP wants to speak to me. Um, it's because I'd written him a letter or something like that, and I think he wanted my vote. So I kind of looked up to him and, uh, uh, and, and we had a conversation. But, you know, somebody like, like God has chosen us and, and that should make us feel so humble. It should make us feel privileged that God has chosen us uh, to serve him. Th there are nine points, by the way, but I'm going to whiz through them. Um, so uh, we have been blessed for a purpose, and the purpose is to the praise of his glory. Now, that, that's a phrase that appears um, three or four times um, in this whole chapter to the praise of his glory. In other words, um, the Westminster Catechism, I don't know whether anybody's come across the Westminster Catechism, the first question is, what is the chief end of man? And, and the answer, as far as I can remember, is the only question I can remember from the Westminster Catechism, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Our purpose is to, to, to kind of work for God to the praise of his glory. That's our job as Christians. And then in number seven, he's blessed us according to his pleasure and with understanding. A, a lot of these points are linked, aren't they? You know, God has chosen us, but he's chosen us um, with understanding and with his pleasure. There's no reluctance on God's part in choosing us. He didn't say, mm, well, you know, uh, you know, maybe that person, yeah, maybe they'd be a good Christian, maybe not. I'll, I'll give them a go. No, I mean, it, it wasn't like that. It, it wasn't like a, a teacher thinking of a student to, to do a job and thinking, well, they might fail, they might not, but let's give them a chance. No, God purposely chose us um, with pleasure. And, and he didn't have to do that. You know, that, he didn't have to do that. It was with his pleasure. Um, sometimes when we do things, it's, it's with a sense of duty, isn't it? I had a very good friend in Iran called Yasman, whose job it was to kind of look after um, overseas consultants when they were in Iran, when, when we could go to Iran. And she was super hospitable, her and her family. 
Um, and, and, you know, we said thank you for inviting us for meals, for taking us here, for showing us that. And, and she always used to say something which annoyed me. She said, that's okay, James, it's my job. And, and I think, well, no, it's not your job. Not your job to be so hospitable and so gracious. Uh, and in a sense, you know, God does so much for us. And, but it's not just his job in a way. He has that huge pleasure. He has that huge understanding in, in, in blessing us. And then the eighth point, and uh, there might not be a ninth point because I think I've lost one of the pages of my notes, so <laughs> there might just be eight. One is probably in my rucksack at the back of the hall. Um, the eighth point is these blessings cost God. Um, they cost God his, his son. We have him uh, in, in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, through the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. These blessings, these amazing blessings, cost God his son and his son who willingly went uh, to the cross for us so that we may have these blessings that are lavished up upon us. And there must be a purpose for me losing that last page, so I will end there and, and just help us all to reflect on those amazing wow moments that we should be having when we read Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. Thank you, James. Um, a lot to ponder on there. And it might be good if we could ask Sarah to send out those points for us to reflect on during the week, if that's okay. Yeah, thank you. We're going to move on in our service and by way of response, sing a, a song that James has chosen and Sue will lead us. Would you like to stand if you're able?
Let's remain standing and affirm our faith in God together. So we say together, we believe in God, the creator, maker of everything, author of the universe and mystery behind every matter. We believe in Jesus Christ, God from God, light from light, true God and true human, one with the Creator. He is the Word made flesh and the Saviour of all creation. We believe in the Holy Spirit, breath of God moving among us, one with the Creator and one with Christ. He is our guide and the mentor of all creation. Amen. Please be seated and we'll join together in our intercessions. So let us pray. Gracious God, we pay for, pray for peace, for justice, for reconciliation throughout our troubled world. We pray for the honouring of human rights. We pray for the relief of the oppressed. We give you thanks for all that is gracious in the lives of men, women and children. But we remember in prayer those who are suffering, those displaced by war, those who live in fear or with famine. And we particularly remember those in our own country, in our own nation, who struggle to make ends meet, who struggle to put food on the table, who struggle to clothe their children. We pray for the renewal of the church in faith, love and service. We pray for the life of this parish and the surrounding areas and our church community. We give thanks for the gift of your word, for the grace of the sacraments and the fellowship of your people. We pray for our local community and for people in their daily lives and work. We pray for the young and the elderly, for families and those who are alone. We give you thanks for human skill and creativity and for all that surrounds us that reveals your loveliness. And finally, we pray for those who are in need, for the sick, the sorrowful, the bereaved. We pray for all those who bring comfort, care and healing. We give you thanks for human love and friendship and for all that enriches our daily lives. 
And so let us commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the love and mercy and protection of God. Amen. We are called to be a people of peace. So in the spirit of peace, let us offer to each other a sign of God's peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Please feel free to move around, but just be mindful that there are those who might want to keep a little bit of a distance um, because we still have bugs around. I think I'm on. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to bring me off from that? <laughs> Father, accept these tokens that we offer to you. May they represent all that we have. Because all that we have comes from you, and of your own do we give it. Amen. We're going to thank you. We're going to use communion prayer E. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and you love your creation. You gave your son Jesus Christ to be our saviour. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels praising you and saying, 
and bless you loving father through jesus christ our lord and as we obey his command send your holy spirit that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear son on the night before he died he had supper with his friends and taking bread he prayed to you he broke the bread gave it to them and said take eat this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again he praised you, gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross, bringing before you the bread of life and the cup of salvation. We proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and peace will be seen on all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which he gave for you and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you. And feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Please come forward as the stewards direct. We'll follow our, what's become our usual pattern of um, receiving the bread and collecting uh, a small glass of wine and taking it back to our seats so that we can all eat and drink together. And a reminder that we have gluten-free wafers 
and we have non-alcoholic wine which will be on that table if you prefer that. So please come forward as the stewards though.
the body of Christ keep you in eternal life. And the blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. And before we say our prayer after communion together, let's pray for those who can't be with us this morning. And so, Father, we remember before you those of our fellowship who can't be with us today. We think of those who are ill. We think of those who are in residential care. We think of those who are too frail to join with us. And Father, we think of those who are in prison. Lord, as we name in our hearts those who are known to us by name, we ask that they will know your peace and your presence with them today and through this coming week. Amen. So let's say together the prayer after communion. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Sue is going to lead us in our final song. If you would like to stand if you're able.
blessing taken from Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be on us all, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve our Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.